Welcome to Broad Street Hockey. I am not Bill Matz. What? I know. <laughs> I know. It's shocking. I am Steph Driver, your mistress of mayhem. Bill Matz is in Florida doing a baseball, cranking that baseball. Baseballing. Baseballin'. I've decided that he's becoming a Scientologist. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's in a Bill thing. <laughs> Sounds like something he would do. Yeah. That is a Bill thing. Um, so, you've got me tonight. And along with me, you've got... Three of my best friends, starting with my most favorite person in the world, Kelly Hinkle. Hey, it's me. It's you. My computer's frozen, so I'm going to have to remember my hot take with my brain, which is impossible. Oh, now I remember. <laughs> talking about trade ghosts. <laughs> yeah, right. So I know it's not going to happen because hockey is dumb, but all I want these last 20 games to be is just a rotating cast of kids from the Phantoms auditioning for jobs next season. It's all that I want. I don't want to see Phil Veroni. I don't want to see <laughs> what's his face, Corbin Knight. Oh, go! I want those two to go away from me because they're not part of the future going forward. Let me see some of these other kids. See what they can do. If they suck, send them back down. See what happens. So here's the question that I have about yes. that take in particular: Who do you want to see that can be called up? Yeah, because Cole all Bergeron. of the kids that I want to see are not in the AHL. Yeah, who's really left? Oh. Kashi? Wow. Is he healthy? He, no. no, he's not healthy. No. Oh, that's right. They're all hurt, aren't they're, they? Well, yeah, well Albe Albe Kubel is back. I would like I would like him up oh, just because yeah, he's I'll take fun. NAK overnight. So I mean that's not really Yeah. But it's not really moving the needle. No, no, so it's not. Yeah. when I went to the Phantoms game a couple weeks ago, I had to ask Brad, one of our Phantoms correspondents, who's even playing for the Phantoms right now? And I realized that all of the guys that I'm really excited about are in juniors or NCAA. Yeah. True. Yeah. And another thing that, that's worth pointing out about just the logistics of the whole thing. Uh, so they, you only have four call-ups you can make from the AHL after the trade deadline. And they've already burned two of them because they did the paper transactions with Phil Myers and with Corbin Knight. So they actually called, they, they set those guys both down and then back up and brought them back up after the deadline. So they really can only bring up two more guys the rest of the year. The only exception is this emergency recall, which basically means that like you literally have to call up a guy or you won't be able to ice a full roster or like the amount of players you need for that position. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they only really have two more call-ups left. And truthfully, the only two guys that are down there that I would want to see the rest of the year are Albe Cubell and Vorobiev. All right, give me them then. So those are really the only two guys that maybe could get called up at the end of the year. Well, that voice you hear is from The Athletic, Charlie O'Connor. It me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I have to say this. I'm really glad that this season has been a mess. In, mo has it, though? in more ways than <laughs> one. Is that true? <laughs> Just a bit. But... I'm glad that even in this total mess of a season, the Flyers did give us one undeniably signature positive moment that we'll all remember about this trash heap of a season. And I'm, of course, talking about the Stadium Series game on Saturday. It was just a really good time. And it's one of those things where, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the road, you, you could be at a bar and this game will come up. And that's cool. Like, we, you might not even remember what year it was. Gonna be, remember that time they played the Penguins in the link and Claude Giroux scored the game-winning gold over God, it was so fun. Like, that was just fun. And it's cool, too, because this went from a game that with six minutes left in the third period, you were thinking we were going to be complaining about this game for oh, years. Oh, yeah. It's like Carter Hart didn't play. They lost another outdoor game. The weather was bad. It went from that to... Even all the people that left the stadium early, and like if you left the stadium early, it happens. You know, you, you know, it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shame you for leaving the stadium early, but I'll say this: I guarantee you that the vast majority of the people that left the stadium early, if you talk to them about this game in five, ten years, they will swear they did not leave the stadium <laughs> early. They were there until the very last minute, Kelly, which I is just, fine. I just saw your shirt, your bunch of jerks shirt. 
Yeah. Sorry, I, sorry to cut you off, Charlie. I just saw it. For, Technically, for, it's a Carolina Hurricane shirt, but in my heart, it's a Broad Street Hockey. Yeah, for, shirt. for those who are not watching on uh, <laughs> on Facebook Live, Kelly is wearing the bunch of jerks Carolina Hurricane shirt from the Don Cherry comment, making fun of their celebrations. Yep. Yay. But I I do agree with you, and I was there at the Stadium Series, and you know, with six minutes left, like this is a stinker. Like yeah. this one mm-hmm. sucks. And what is Chuck Fletcher doing putting this team together? What is Scott (laughs) Gordon doing coaching this team? This is a disaster. We're getting embarrassed on national television. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They tied it up. Oh, wait. Shit. We're going to overtime. (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh, my fucking God, they won. So it has been a really long time since I've, like, out loud, alone in my home, cheered at a mm-hmm. hockey game, and I legitimately like exclaimed joy. Hold on that. Happened. More okay. on that later. Um, last but not least, but kind of least, because he's here for Bill Matz. Jesus, <laughs> I know Damn. that was, that was vicious. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we've got Craig Forsythe. Sports are bad. I, I don't have a hot take. I mean, oh well, yeah. and you my wonder great, why I said yeah, last yeah, but not least, start. but also. <laughs> I would have liked to seen uh, Fletcher make a. A couple more trades at the deadline. That's about it. And then I realized that my two favorite players, I said this before the show, that uh, were Mike Richards and Wayne Simmons. And now I guess I guess it's got to be Ryan Hartman. you got to hold open auditions yeah. now. I, mean, this yeah. Is, yeah. I think it's just it's going to lead into Ryan Hartman being my new favorite player. What do those Carter Richards trade trees look like now? Still For good. For Richards, it's Faraby, Frost, um, Hartman. Talk into the microphone, yeah. like right on, not the side. This thing is no. this good? No, yeah, it's better. Is this good? Yeah, there it is. Okay, it's a uh, Frost, Fairby, Hartman, and that fourth, right? Uh, for Simmons. Oh, the conditional fourth, yeah. Well, wait for uh, for the Richards deal. For the well, yeah, okay, for the Richards. I was thinking of the Carter. Deal. Carter is Voracek. Is Voracek Katuri, mm-hmm. and then what did they get in the Cousins trade? <laughs> uh, uh, Brendan, Warren. Brendan Warren and a fifth round choice, and the fifth round choice turned out to be what was the fifth round Sam choice Erson? in? Oh uh, no, it was not Sam Erson. I don't Voracek. think it was, <laughs> it was Wyatt, 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 Wyatt Wiley. Oh, Wyatt, we like Wyatt, Wyatt, Wiley. Wyatt Wiley. He's got a good name. Yeah, no, he's good too. All I right, mean, the Richards part looks yeah. good so far. You get Hartman, and then you have Frost and Faraby look pretty damn. The good. Frost and Faraby part is yeah. very good. All right, all right for so Brain Chan, yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and then Yori Laterra. Let's let's oh, not yeah. forget. Oh, he's gone soon. No. He's on the picture. Well, he, but he's still no. he's gone in two months. He's gone in two months. months. I mean, you gotta hold on to that. Is that your? He's yeah? around. Okay. <laughs> All right. In two months, it'll be good. Let's let's dig into this trade deadline. So, I for one am shocked that this team. Did not trade Shane Gostas Bear. <laughs> but Stephanie, I heard that he was a locker room cancer and hey. no one liked him and he sucks and is bad. Hey, the draft is coming up as well. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still the summer, so just hold on. I, it would have been absolutely asinine for them to trade Shane Gostas Bear. Thank you, Chuck Fletcher, for not doing that. I'm just going to steal Jeffler's brand and make Shane Gostas Bear actually good <laughs> shirts. I, respect I, I like it. I, I like the, well, going back to the stadium series real quick. Shane had two of the biggest hits I've ever seen. We're in my getting life. there. We're yeah. not there yet. Well, you they brought were up, good. You brought up I know. I know. We're not there I yet. I hijacked it. My bad. Because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't put it on the outline. But it is something that I want to talk about. It was pretty neat. Um. However. However. R.I.P.D. Wayne Simmons. Thank Wayne, thanks for everything. Oh my God, this hurts. What? See, it didn't sink in. It didn't sink in until I saw him yesterday in a Predators uniform. That pregame out. He looks so sad. He, he looks sad. He looks so sad. He looks like you want to be there. Like, like your first day at a new job and you don't know anybody. Yeah. You're just kind of wandering <laughs> around the office like, hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, yep. it bummed me out. But that's a good team, and I hope they go real deep in the playoffs. They got murdered last night. Did they really? They I got out shot like 43 to 18. Well, that is a good one. Yikes. Don't oh, bring me down. But the Blues, the Blues are hot right yeah, now. Yeah, they're rolling. I, I am glad that he went to Nashville. Me too. Because like, with the exception of the presence of Austin Watson, they are a likable team. Yeah. And yeah. they're a fairly easy team and to root for. And Zach Well, I mean, Zach Ronaldo is hurt. He's, he's hurt. hurt and like, I don't... I don't hate Zach Ronaldo as a person. Nah, I just, he's, he's a, a bad hockey player. Yeah. The Preds two years ago. <laughs> the Preds two years ago were a lot, lots of fun to watch because they're like the Titans offensive linemen were going to games and shotgun and beers and doing stuff like that. Yeah, and like, yeah, like the right. fans just got into it and they had a good run and then they lost. So coming back from Simmons, from the Simmons trade, Ryan Hartman, who Bill wants to call Anvil. Oh, oh yeah, he was pushing the Anvil. Uh, 
the that nickname right on Twitter yesterday? He was. I'm not super. That's into not happening. It. No. Sorry, well, see, Bill. See, Bill. Here's the thing. If you want to get a nickname out there, you had to be on the first show yep. after the trade. <laughs> like you, it, you missed. Your, this was so your opportunity to, yeah. to shove it down everyone's throats that his nickname's gonna be Amble. You missed your chance. Now I like the. You're playing catch up now. I like the deuces. Thing. Deuces, which comes from another heart seat. I thought yeah. it was just deuce. No, I've I've decided it's deuces. Deuces. I like that better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Philadelphia does add an S to everything. Yeah, so. that's true. This is fair. That's fair. <laughs> Plus, and, we already had Deuce Daly, so yeah. sorry. <laughs> and a conditional fourth, which turns into a third if Nashville wins a playoff series, which we expect they will. They should, uh, but, I but at no. the same time, they're gonna they're probably gonna play the Blues. And if, the, if, if last night was, oh no, not the Knights. they wouldn't no, play the, the Knights. Blues, the Blues they, or the Jets. Yeah, it's it's because what it's gonna Yikes. be. It's probably gonna be Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, one, two, three in that yeah. uh, in that division. And the Blues playing well, but I mean Nashville should beat the Blues. Like they're better than the Blues should on be. paper. It's just that right now the Blues are playing better than Out Nashville. Mind, is. Yeah, yeah. So. What do we think about Ryan Hartman? I went to the game last night. I watched him play his first shift, laid the boom. That um, was cool. It was hard not to like it. I know. It really was. And he had that breakaway where he almost scored. Like, had yeah. he have scored that goal, that would have been it. Like, I'm here for Ryan Hartman. I'm at, I'm at least a- acknowledging his existence as a player. So, like, <laughs> that's got to be. So, like, here's the thing. Why is the instinct to dislike Ryan Hartman? Like, first of all, it's not his fault. Well, because he's not Wayne Simmons. I know, but he didn't do that part. Right, but remember <laughs> when I didn't like Morgan Frost? Yes. I mean, yes. there's there's a I whole know. thing. It's emotional. I can't I get explain it. it. Yeah, but, yeah. like, you didn't you didn't like Morgan Frost, and you didn't like Yuri LaTerra. You were right on half of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I always loved Frisbee, so. Right. Well, there was enough distance between the trade. Yeah. Where Frisbee didn't feel like he came from the Simmons. It wasn't the from Shen the breakup. Trade, he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I think Hartman, it, the interesting part about this trade for the, uh, for the Flyers is that it seemed pretty clear that they, I guess, they weren't going to get the first round pick that they wanted to get. So then it just boiled down to, okay, how can we get close to that, as close to that value as we can without actually convincing another team to give a first round pick? And Ryan Hartman is not bad. Like Ryan Hartman, I, I heard a lot of people after the trade say, well, he's just another Scott Lawton. Why do we need another Scott, another Scott Lawton? And I was like, well, I mean, I would like another Scott Lawton. Scott Lawton's a pretty good player. Like, yeah, ideally you want a great player, but you still need good players in your bottom six. Scott Lawton is a good player who can mm-hmm. play on the third line, on the fourth line, and in a pinch can play on the second line. If Ryan Hartman is that, I'll take Scott Lawton's and Ryan Hartman's on cheap deals over Dale Weiss's any friggin' day. Oh, all day. So, like, you, you do need to fill your roster out with good players, and a lot of the prospects that we have, you know, the – the Nick Albee-Cubels, the Tanner Luzinski's, like those guys, they their top-end ceiling is probably Ryan Hartman. So you're basically getting what you're hoping those bottom sixer prospect types will eventually turn into. That's not bad. Yeah, your, your little tweet thread that you did on this really calmed me down a bit. And also, if you think about it, like if we were trading for a rental because we were trying to make a push, you don't want to give up anything more than a Ryan Hartman. Like, yeah. We would be super yeah. pissed if we gave up Tolvanen for Simmons. Oh, yeah, that would have been. I mean, it would have been great for the It Flyers. would have been cool for us, <laughs> but, like, thinking about it logically after all the emotion died down, it's like, yeah, they weren't going to do that. That would have been stupid. How oh, many, it absolutely would have been yeah. stupid. How many big prospects actually moved yesterday? I know Branch, or Branch was the big one. Yeah, the, he was been, a, and he was in the trade for the best player who got traded. And, was that, and he was, like, the main piece. Yes, so, yes. I think that was it. I that mean. was it for impact prospects. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there was anybody else that got moved that made me think, man, you know, they might they might hurt losing that guy. So, yeah, yeah Hartman's fine. Like Hartman in his rookie year played like a second liner at five and five, which is pretty cool. Since he got he got traded to Nashville, he hasn't been that good, but he's still been an NHLer. He's looked like a decent fourth liner, and he realistically he's probably a good third liner. And the Flyers, honestly, they probably need it one more good third liner, especially if they were planning to let Michael Roffel go. Mm-hmm. And Hartman's not going to cost that much. He's an RFA at the end of the year. I think he can be a useful piece. Um, how good he's going to end up being, I don't know. And I do think um, somebody was tweeting about this a couple days ago. And I think it's it's a fair it's a fair question. It, it's, you know, obviously you want to look at the, you want to be optimistic when the, when the Flyers hire, you know, Flyers get a guy and say, okay, well, what's he going to be? It's fair to point out that he's on his third team in two years. 
and you wonder, you know, okay, why did the other two teams give up on him? That's fair. It's fair to be skeptical of that and say, you know, is there something under the surface? I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying that, like, is there something about his style of play that gets teams to think we don't want this guy on our team anymore? That's fair, and that's why it's fair to be skeptical of him. But I, I think there's upside here. I think when you look at the two teams that traded him, I mean, Stan Bowman, how many young players has he traded away recently that went on to be? All of them. Good? Philip <laughs> Deneau's the first-line center in Montreal. I mean, I don't think he's center. a true talent first-line center, but he's a useful player. Okay. And, I mean, there's been other examples. I can't think of them recently, but he trades away younger Tavo players. Teravainen? Teravainen. A lot of that was because they didn't have cap space. But this, okay, but, but there's yeah, a yeah. reason why they, he got traded. It's not just because he's a cancer in the locker room or something. Well, he got or traded because, because Nashville offered well, him no, offered a first-round pick, and they were like, sure, we'll take yeah. a first-round pick for this And then this one, I mean, the— the Predators went out and they got a piece that they figured could probably help them on the power play, right? Yeah, Which and they might. Even, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they consider resigning Simmons. Yeah, yeah God, I right. hope they do. Anyway, um, let's talk about Ryan Hartman's game, and I, I want to bring it back to what we saw at the Stadium Series because we had been talking how the Stadium Series was probably the most fun game I've seen from the Flyers this season, if not. In recent history, like was, the past couple uh, of seasons. Yeah. I would say probably this year and last year. Yeah. For yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good case to me there. And and the game against um, Buffalo was also pretty fun. It was pretty fun. And yeah. what we saw in those games was a level of physicality that you haven't seen from the Flyers in recent history. They were Fair. laying the booms they were Saturday. They were laying the booms. Uh, they were being physical. They actually... Played like they gave a shit, which is not something that we've seen Let's out of this. Pace. You know, <laughs> not something that you've seen out of this team for consistent stretches, and it's carried over. Um, now, I'm not here to say we need to get back to fighting in hockey. I do love fighting. I really appreciate just the the display of masculinity of men punching each other in the face, <laughs> girl. However, it's not good for brains, it's and I'm not. I'm here for brain health more than men punching each other in the face. Um, that being said, I am definitely here for a more physical game. We don't need to get back to the Broad Street Bullies, but let's actually show some passion out there. Can this this transition of bringing in one player who's a little bit more physical, do you think that moves the knife a little bit? Do you think that this is something that could help the team find an identity? They've kind of just been floating out there in the ether a little bit. Maybe. It, it, this is I I want to bring this up bring up this Hextall quote because it it stu- it jumped out He's at me. He's not here anymore. I know, Fucking but Hextall. but still, I, I think it's <laughs> it's worth noting for this reason. So when Ron Hextall did his like farewell farewell press conference at the hotel a block away from from the skate zone, you know we got access to him at the podium, and then everybody comes around to Hextall, and there's like a post podium scrum, and everybody's just firing off questions, and he's answering questions. He was he was pretty pretty open, pretty honest, and then near the end. It was almost like he he had been hoping someone was going to ask this, and no one did. So he literally just spouted out there. He's just like, oh, and one more thing. And this was the quote. It was, the one thing I felt we needed with this team was a little more juice, a little more energy, a little more a player or two that could grind it out and grit and piss people off. That was one of the things we were on the lookout for, too, was a little more Sampere. Then somebody brought up, what about Konechny? And he was like, yeah, I love Konechny. He brings that sometimes. Um, somebody brought up Wade Allison. He's like, yeah, he's a big red train. But the point that, that was, yeah, that, was, was that, that was that quote. Yeah. But oh God, this was it. what drove that quote was this idea that Hextall thought they needed a guy with some to quote Peter Laviolette with some jam. And Ryan Hartman might be that type of guy. He seems to have some jam. So whether this is actually a need I don't know. It was a very it was a very hockey man type quote, and Hextall kind of has, has avoided those types of quotes, which is part of the reason why it jumped out at me. But maybe there's something to it because we've talked so much about how the Flyers, you know, they get off to slow starts. They let things snowball. And I honestly think this was this was kind of what Hextall was saying was that I wish we had a guy who would just be able to change the momentum of games. And maybe Hartman can do that. You know, maybe that's the thought process of a guy like Chuck Fletcher, who, yeah, he's not Ron Hextall, but he's watching the same team. Maybe he's thinking the same thing, is that we could use a guy who can do what Hartman did in that shift in the first period, which is just go out there and kill a guy and get everybody excited and get the crowd into a game. See, if it's a guy like Hartman who's going to fill that role and not like uh, fucking Ryan White, I think that's better. That, <laughs> exactly. I like that exactly. more. Yeah. Like, because he can be a serviceable top nine player. He's not going to kill you in terms of possession, and he can probably chip in offensively. But you know what I would kind of like to talk about a little bit? The fact that the kind of hits that we saw Saturday, 
are different Shane from... Gostisbehere tackled a man. Yeah, that's like, I feel like that's a different kind of hit than hits leader Robert Haig lays oh. out everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Because there, there was a lot of, I saw on Saturday, like, oh, the nerds say hits are bad, huh? Nerds <laughs> are bad. But like, and I'm sure Charlie can back me up on this. If you're a Robert Haig and you're hitting people all the time, it's because you never, ever, ever have the puck. And that's different. I don't think Robert Haig's hits generally are highlight reel hits. Well, they're not like, like, good. Like he he makes contact, but they're more like <laughs> he's not a Luke Shen. Where yeah, you're, you're, you're hitting someone through the board. Yeah, like he doesn't bury people, and that was the thing with like Shane Gosper. Obviously, is no Robert Haig from a physically physically strong standpoint. But the hits that he made in that game, they were you know knock the guy on his ass type yeah. of hits. Yeah, and he railroaded you ra- you rarely see Robert Haig make a real knock your knock the guy on his ass type of hit. He just he. Pins them up against the boards, and then the puck skitters away. Well, like, not that they can't be useful, yeah. but they're not the kind of hits that gets a crowd jumping to their feet. No. And they're not game changers. They're not yeah. a thing that makes a hockey team win a game. And it's also, it seems to be one of the first things you say in a positive way about Hag is he hits. Yeah. And that's that's, that's the it. problem. Not like, yeah. not like Hartman, where hopefully it's, oh, he can carry the puck in his zone, he can score a couple goals, and, and then he, he hits people. Hit, yeah. yeah, It's just Hag's like, uh... He hits hits uh, block shots like that. Like your final reasons to kind of like Hag. I feel like when you're talking about Hag. Um, please, sorry, my Swedish. Oh yeah, yeah. Steph is a big Robert. (laughs) But 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 seriously, like I think there's a reason why Hextall kept calling up Tyrell Goldborn, even though I'm sure Ron Hextall knew Tyrell Goldborn was not good at hockey. But it was like, okay, well he does this one thing that I think we need, and even if he's bad at everything else, I think we need this. He's gonna make you look alive out there. Yeah, like if Ryan Hartman can do that thing that Tyrell Goldborn did, but also like. Like not get crushed in in, in a shot attempt differential and score twenty five to thirty points a year, maybe there's and also he draws a lot of penalties. Yeah. So yeah. like there's some value there in a guy like that. This this could work. I'm not saying Ryan Hartman is this future star, but this could work. The more I think about it, the more I'm happy with this uh, yeah, trade. Yeah, no, I I, I had a lot of feelings. I still have a lot of feelings, <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm acknowledging him as a player. Which is, which is a start. It's a step it's forward. A start. It's a start. It's a step We're getting forward. there, folks. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot to be said about the way that this roster is constructed. There's a lot to be said about how Ron Hextall put together his his prospects and, and, and his future teams where we've been saying for years there's a lot of bottom six guys. There's way too many bottom six guys. And then the question that arises is, why can't we have skill on all four lines? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't necessarily think that they don't. All right. How do I say this? So they don't have skill on their on their the fourth, fourth line, line right, right now. Yeah, it's like, 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 <laughs> the fourth line right now is like if you were making a cartoon about the early aughts fourth line, it would be that fourth line. Right. So the third line, who do we have on the third line? We have Ryan Hartman. JVR, JVR, and and Lawton, and Lawton yeah. yeah, which is uh, yeah, it's good. It's a good. Line. It's fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. a fine line. Um, this this stockpile of fourth liners isn't. They aren't traditional fourth liners. They're not traditional bottom six guys. They're just some dudes. Yeah, agreed. Just guys. They're just some dudes who could play two way hockey, and I think that. We've kind of been I, I I have this idea in my head that we've been brainwashed by Ron Hextall's methodology that we think that there's only one way that things can happen and it just can't happen any other way. And I can't quite verbalize it yet because it's not a full rounded thought. But this stockpile of of bottom six dudes that don't really do anything in particular is is definitely a symptom of that. And this is a bottom six dude who at least does something. Yeah. Does something that is going to help your team, even if it is, we're not going to look like zombies tonight, or we're not going to be fucking suck this year. Like, <laughs> you need somebody that's, that's an Ovechkin fucking quote. suck this that's year. Yeah, that's a good, quote. that's your uh, quote next year. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think, like, he does something. Yeah. No, no, no. Anything. That's, yeah, that's a good point. I, I think ideally, like, you're, you want, so th- we had a uh, we we had a rule in um we had a rule in college that you weren't a- you weren't allowed if 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 we were buying beers for a party you weren't allowed to to buy beer aside for for drinking games you weren't allowed to buy a beer that was below the Yangling line 
everything had to be Yangling or better. Yangling was the lowest quality beer we were going to serve at the party. Oh, and you fucking snob. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Ivy League. That was Yale, Charlie. We, yeah. he, went, he went to UPenn, the other <laughs> yeah. Ivy League. So, yeah, it we, was we, there. We had, we had uh, Coors Light for drinking games, because obviously you need the crappy beer no, if you're going to chug yeah. it. But, 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 for, for, but for pure <laughs> drinking, it was Yangling is pretty cheap. But anyway. I, so, I, can't, I can't get like you didn't drink Beast. You didn't drink <laughs> nope. no Natty Light. No, no, Natty, no Light. Natty Light was a definite no. Oh, no Boone's Farm in Charlie's Party. Exactly. So, Boone, so oh anyway, my God, Boone's Farm. So the, but, but, but the point I'm making is like, I feel like Scott Lawton is kind of like the Yangling of bottom sixers. Like, I don't want a worse <laughs> bottom. T- I don't I, want I a worse that. bottom sixer than Scott Lawton. Scott Lawton is a good bottom sixer. He's it, a good utility guy. Yeah, like, you throw me a bottom sixer who's obviously less useful than Scott Lawton, and I'm not going to be happy. And I think I think Ryan Hartman surpasses the Scott Lawton line. I yeah. I think that's extremely fair. I thought I, he played uh, he played in the top six in Chicago. He did. And he at had times. almost twenty goals at times. one year, and he was he's not averaging. He wasn't averaging a lot of ice time. His most frequent line mates his first year in Chicago were um, you know an aging Marion Hosa, but it was still Marion Hosa, yeah. and then uh, Kruger. Who okay. was more of a third? So it was yeah. like he was more of a third liner, but I think he played some time in the they top. They rotated a lot of people over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Taves was on fire. I like him with JVR. I, I think that that's a good fit. Um, I think he can be a good third line. We were yeah. talking before. I just want them. I think they get, need to get another forward. So then the top nine looks pretty good. Well, they're only playing 11 forwards a night, so they probably should <laughs> invest in another one. <laughs> That's, that ends tomorrow, right? Can Didn't we, to come out and say that? Can we talk about that for a second here? What in the fuck is going on it's with so stupid. seven defensemen, 11 forwards? We need to Just have the one bad scratch defenseman. scratch Like This is not a difficult decision. Scratch It AMAC. really shouldn't be. Like it, this, what, what are you doing? Have you run out of forwards? I've got a couple. <laughs> They're in Lehigh Valley. Take any of them. So I asked Gordon today at practice if this seven defenseman thing was going to become a regular thing, and he was basically like, no. We're going to go with six pretty much moving forward. This game was a one-time thing. He kind of— However, he it was kind a of four-time bu- thing. He kind of bullshit it. Like, Scott is is usually very uh, forthright. This was an answer where he just kind of, like, went around in circles, sort of trying to, like, not answer it. But what you basically got out of him was that, yeah, this was a one-time thing with the seven defenseman deal. We're going to go to six. Now, Phil Meyer should be one of the six. Yeah. He really should. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's not even a question in my mind. So, to me, it's like either you scratch AMAC or you scratch Haig. And, well, I think there's a case we've made that AMAC has been better than Haig over the last few months. I would rather have Haig in the lineup than AMAC because I actually, as I've said before, I have things invested in Robert Haig being good because he's younger and I hope he gets better. Whereas with AMAC, I, I, I know what AMAC is. Yep. So I don't want him playing. But uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, well, according to Slam and Sammy, he's saying oh, that uh, nothing official but Mac expected to sit Thursday. <gasps> I mean, Gord! I don't. I, I, this this isn't me shitting on Gordon Sammy, Murphy. but like I don't Gordy, know I don't maybe. know if that's him hearing something or if that's just him speculating. It might well, be him. We'll yeah, see. I mean, knows. Borick said the same thing. You don't trust the Carcidi speculation? No. <laughs> I trust I mean, we'll it more see. than Borick speculation. That's true. Yeah. That's he got true. he got what like nine? Amac got nine minutes last night. That's nine probably minutes. where it's coming from. And like two yeah. shifts. If you look at it, yeah. If you look at a guy, if you have seven defensemen, and you have one guy getting less than ten minutes. You're just one would think he's probably the guy on the chopping block, but I mean, Amac's got you know. As many lives as a cat, so I don't freaking know at this point. <laughs> what what forward has been sitting? Uh, well, they sat Veroni. And last they sent night. Bailey down. They sent ba- Bailey. Oh, down. that's who yeah. it is. It was that annoyed Bailey. me, by the way. He, I he think was he earned really his spot. well. Yeah, he was playing fine. fine in the stadium series game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's quicker than I thought he was too. Yeah. I would rather I have him too. than Veroni or Knight. Yeah. Yes. I, well, I mean, you know, low bars and everything. I know. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the Scott Lawton line. I mean, he's below that, but he is below the Scott Lawton line. He's above the Phil Veroni line. He's definitely above the Phil Veroni line. <laughs> I, I am very entertained that people have turned on Phil Veroni. Hate him. I didn't even oh, know with him. I, 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 mean, I, I have a chance, too. I haven't turned on him. He's just Phil Veroni. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, he came up, and he was like, oh, okay, he sure does play hockey. And then that's, like, all that I need from him. <laughs> he's like, got his skates on. He's holding a stick. Yeah, look yeah, at him he's doing go. okay, yeah. Look at him skate out there. Skate, but. skate. <laughs> all right. I want to talk about JVR for a second okay. because he has, and I don't actually have his stats up in front of me. So I, if you scroll down there, do Bill's got them in here. Uh, Seventeen goals, tied for fourth on the team with Voracek. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, this is what we wanted him to do. He's scoring those goals, and I think he's really come on the past month or so. He's scoring goals, and and I think at some point, like. He's on pace for—this kind of reminds me of the Couturier thing, where 
before last year, Couture had actually started scoring quite well at five on five, but because in the two years he did, he got he missed like eighteen games about those years. His raw stats didn't look that good. Oh, Couture still doesn't score. You're like, no, he's actually scoring much better than he used to. It's just the raw point totals look worse because he's missing games and he didn't in those years. And I think that's what's happened to JVR right now is that if you extrapolate his goal production this year to 82 games, he's on pace for 29 goals, which is pretty much exactly what we expected from him. Granted, his underlying numbers kind of suck, which isn't ideal. And he, I think that they they stuck with this Drew-JVR connecting line a little too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really hasn't been working for the last few weeks, and Gordon kind of kept it together because he's like, well, the team's winning, and I don't really want to change anything else, so let's just hope they figure it out. They never did. Now they got broken up. Now JVR is on the third line, but he's on the top power play unit. He just needs to, he just needs to do a little bit more at five on five aside from just score goals. But they're paying him to score goals, and he's scoring goals. He's doing it. I will say though, before the show, we were talking about the Flyers' power play, and Charlie kind of, you know, revealed to us with his genius that the reason Drew's on the wrong side, which is infuriating is because they wanted him feeding JVR yeah. pucks on the power because play. Because JVR on that side is, is receiving pucks on his forehand, whereas yeah. on the other side, it's on his back. So I've decided to be angry at JVR for ruining Claude mm-hmm. Drew's For not being a righty shot. Yes. Well, you've hated <laughs> JVR for a long time. Well. You've hated. You, you didn't need an excuse for this to happen. It's all I'm saying. I just That's don't, all I'm saying. I just don't think it, like, I understand the thought process because, JVR in Toronto, one of his favorite moves in the power play was take the pass in the forehand, do a quick spin, and kind of like flip the puck almost between his legs and roof it and beat the goalie. It was a great move. A roof daddy? A roof daddy. A roof daddy. daddy. There you go. Um, And I understand why they want him to get back to that because it's a big part of his arsenal. But, like, you don't have to put Drew on that side to do it. Jake Voracek is a good passer, too. Yeah. You can just have him do that play, and you can have Drew do the shots with JVR with a screen and the passes to Couturier in the slot for one-timers. Like, I don't know why. I understand why they want Drew's your best passer and JVR is your goal scorer and you want to be able to set him up, but I think you can make it work with Drew on his normal side on that power play and still use JVR, just have Voracek be the guy who feeds JVR. Yeah, so could the intern who's charged with listening to our show please relay the message to Gord that Charlie wants (laughs) Drew back on the right side? I'm sure they've discussed this. I just just disagree with their conclusions. (laughs) So they broke up the the JVR-Drew, what is it, connecting line and slapped uh, Nolan Patrick up there. Nolan is uh, technically the first-line center. Although I mean, allegedly, I, mean, I guess he's really the two C because yeah. at this point Couturier is the one C. But it's still it's hard to think of a line with Claude Giroux on as the as second the line. Second line. So you know you've got line one A and line one B. Fair. I kind of really love the Nolan TK Giroux line. I don't hate it. I I like Patrick and TK together a lot. I was gonna say Nolan dropped some bodies on Saturday. He did. Or he dropped one. That he Jack sure Johnson, did. So. Yeah, and his, it was his mic up was good. I didn't watch the whole thing. It was good. Other than he just watched Ghost Kill a Man. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you got some of the uh, some of the Patrick sarcasm that because came through. It was good. People don't get that he's hilarious. He's a very sarcastic But it's, guy. it's very dry because he's humor. he's so dry and monotone. It's so that, dry. Yeah. Like, he's a very funny dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he got slashed in the face on Tuesday against Buffalo. Did he? He did. I and he that. he was called for slashing, which was... Curious. Spectacular. Spectacular job by the referee. Spectacular. Um, And TK came out of nowhere. (laughs) Nowhere like a heat-seeking missile to defend his little little brother. They are are really (laughs) big buddies, yeah. I just love the two of them. I want a TV show of Travis Konechny. That little post-game dance in the locker room. Yeah, that gif was pretty good. Oh, God. I, I could not stop laughing at it. Oh my God! It was so I don't. Funny. I don't. I don't even have the words to them dancing to all night long. As as oh Nolan Patrick sees Travis Konechny walking into the locker room and he leaves his stall to come and meet him to have a dance in the middle. I, <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing. Um, Brian Elliott, Banff. That's right, Banff. By his name, badass, badass motherfucker. motherfucker Brian Elliott is starting 
way too many games in a row again <laughs> once again i regret to it really sounded like you're gonna compliment him and they're like he's playing too much yeah <laughs> once again well, i don't play way not too a knock many on him games it's not okay, it's yeah not a knock on he's him he's playing well but the flyers seem like very determined to actually kill this man so i want to i want to address this because i actually where like is cam talbot I, I don't i don't think this is as big of a deal as people are making it out to be and here's my justification so he's very old. So it was it was, it was okay. Hart, Hart and Elliot was was your tandem leading into the, the Talbot trade. Elliot does not get the start last Tuesday. Hart gets pulled. Elliot comes in. Talbot could not have played on Tuesday because he hadn't got through his visa stuff. He didn't join the team until Wednesday. He doesn't dress for Thursday's game, but Elliot isn't supposed to play in that game. Hart's supposed to play in that game. So Hart goes, he gets pulled because he sucks again, and he apparently got hurt in warm-up, so it makes sense why he sucked in that game. Elliot Carter, comes... tell people when you're hurt. Elliot no comes secrets, in. please. <laughs> so that was an unexpected Elliot start, but Elliot comes in. Then you got the Stadium Series game, and the fact of the matter is you're not going to start Talbot in the Stadium Series game for this reason. That's an event game. It's a reward game, and you're not going to reward Cam Talbot with the start in that game over a guy like Elliot who fought like hell to get back healthy. That That's a game where you're like, Pat on the back. Okay, Hart, you can't go. Brian Elliott, you're getting the start because you you earned it. You deserved it. So, yes, he played in three straight games, but two of them were in relief. One of them, he literally, it was he was the only option because Talbot wasn't even an option to dress. And one of them was a, you're not going to give Talbot that game because it's the marquee game and Elliott's going to get it. So the only real game that you could say, why didn't Elliott, why didn't Talbot start in this game was last night, was the Tuesday game. That was the That's the first game where I can be like, yeah, maybe I would have started Talbot. But I'm not going to get too hyped up about it because, like, Elliot did play well in the stadium series yep. game aside from that one that he, he lost in his love. Th- the one that, that he knocked though. in with his butt. Yeah. yeah. He tried. He tried. He tried <laughs> his he best. So, <laughs> we'll make him a cake. You like, tried. Elliot's going to get one of the one of the games in the back-to-back. Talbot's going to get one of the games in the back-to-back. So I don't think this is a huge deal. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to accept the idea that Talbot should have started last night, but... Elliot played okay last night. He did. And it's not like, I don't think anybody's super worked up about it. I think it's just that it's like, wait, we went and got this other guy. Why aren't we ever playing this other guy? We we lost our Tony Stowe. Yeah. What was, what was Bill Stowe? Stowe Tony, Tony Stoley. Yeah. Tony Stoley from some street <laughs> from in South <laughs> Philly. I forget the name of the street. Thanks, Bill. You're here in spirit. (laughs) We went and lost our, our Anthony Stolars for this fucking guy who couldn't get over the wall. And why? <laughs> so why are we not seeing him? <laughs> All right, we're gonna see him in this back to back. It sounds like, based yeah, on what yeah. Gordon said, we're gonna see him Friday against the Devils. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's gonna play in that. He's gonna get some starts. Is he gonna get a we'll ton? See. I don't know. I guess it depends on when they're out of the playoff race or if they're out of the playoff race. But like, they are they overworking Elliot? Maybe. But you know what? I would think so. Who yeah. cares? He's on an expiring contract. He's they're not going to. They're man, not going to. He wants to play because he wants to show the teams in free agency that he can do this. Yeah. So for him, it's not a bad thing. And if he gets hurt, it sucks for him. I don't want to see the guy get hurt. But like, it's not like last year when you overworked Elliot by playing him every game in December, and then he got hurt, and he's never been the same since because you overworked him. You had an, another year and a half of him under contract, and you just didn't give a shit. Now, he's an expiring contract. Like, if he gets hurt, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but it's not like it's really hurting the Flyers that no. much. No. Fair, but he's a human being. He's a human being. You don't want to see him get hurt. Speaking of human beings. Oh? What the... Is, is Michael Neubert dead? I, Michael Neuvert skated today. Oh, did he? Oh, I thought maybe they oh, like God. were hiding him again? in a cave somewhere. No, but but he skated without no. pads. Oh. He skated on the ice. Like... But he's he's living, breathing. Yes, he's he is alive. alive. He wanted to give proof that he, he was alive. That he was here. There's visual evidence that Michael Neuvert He, he heard alive. that there were questions about his life status. Like, I'm here, John guys. John Clark was at the rink. He's here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Just people were showing we're up. Here. But he's never going to play again, right? Not for the Flyers. Not for the Flyers. And probably not in the NHL. Yeah, nobody else is given no. He'd have to sign an AHL contract. Is, is my there a guess. team of birds? He'll probably have to. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a team you know, of birds? you know how I watch Safari Live. <laughs> and, and is there this a bird is, hockey team? <laughs> no, there's no bird hockey team. But one of the guides was talking about how birds actually have very strong bones. They're just light <laughs> and hollow, but they're strong. And listen. all I could think about was Michael Neufer because you people have broken though. me. Zola doesn't know what he's talking. About. No, Ole has no idea what he's talking about. Um. But all I could think about was Michael Neuvert 
because of the bird bones. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> I just don't think he's ever going to be 100% healthy ever again. So, no, I, so, so it's well, just. I don't think he ever yeah. was, to it's, be honest. Yeah, it's just a matter of like, does he really want to. Does he really want to like go through the uh, the aggravation of playing, getting hurt, playing, getting hurt? Like, if I'm if I'm him, as shitty as this sounds, like, I'm seriously considering just retiring. Just call it a day. Yeah. yeah. All right, so you guys are having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it took me a minute in my own incredibly. Was this la- was the last season he was actually healthy? 2015-16? Yeah, I think he even got hurt in that season. Yeah, probably. It did. just was. It was just like a, a, a one injury rather than ten. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bill wants to know why Michael Raffle wasn't traded. I kind of want to know, That's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think they probably tried. Yeah, I don't. Happened. All right. So here's how I feel about Michael Raffle. I think that he is the perfect utility player for the Flyers. I also think that every other team probably has a Michael Raffle. Fair. There are a lot of like, them. I, don't, I just don't know how much of a market there would be for Michael Raffle yeah. and, and a team that's contending that would consider re-signing him. I just, don't, I just don't know how much of a market there would be. And I've got no problem with keeping him. I've got no problem with re-signing him. Mm-hmm. If if I had to guess, and He's this is this, he doesn't make a lot. It doesn't. I know. he won't make much. No. I, I I'm actually with Steph that that I wouldn't mind if you could get him on like you know, one point two five million dollars in a one year deal. Slap him on I'd the do it. Line. Yeah, or, or even have him as a, a an extra. It doesn't even. That's, it doesn't yeah, matter. Like He's veteran fine. presence. He's a good dude. Yeah, and he spent his entire career here. Yeah, do him a solid. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But to to go back to the trade question, my guess, and this isn't coming from inside information, but this is my guess. My guess is that if if Chuck Fletcher really really wanted to trade Michael Roffel, he probably could have. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he would have got. Like I think you're looking at a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, mm-hmm. a seventh round pick, and I do believe that what Fletcher probably decided was because he said this in the press conference after the uh, the Simmons trade. He basically said, you know, we've got so many picks, we've got so many prospects, like we got to start. You know, we can't just. There's only so many of these things we can. Yeah, it's go on. time now. We got to turn these things into actual pieces that can help us win. And maybe he just looked at it as like, how much is another fifth round pick really going to provide this team and this organization? And when you weigh that versus getting Michael Roffel for the rest of the year, and maybe we go on a miracle run in the playoffs, like it just wasn't worth enough to him to justify giving him up for essentially nothing. <laughs> No. And you can agree with that or disagree with that, but my guess is that was probably why he kept it. Because I do believe if he really wanted to trade Michael Roffel, probably could have traded Michael Roffel. It just wouldn't have been for anything significant. You never all. know what you're going to get in the fifth round, Charlie. The Hartman it trade. Oscar yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Hartman trade also kind of goes to that point, too, of they kind of need to start going now rather yeah. than get another first. No more futures. Let them develop, yeah. Well, I think the the reason why people were so, and this is this is justified, but the reason why people were anti, you know, get a first over Hartman is because it wasn't because they wanted them to use the first to take another prospect, because they wanted to get have the first to use be able to leverage. use it to trade for someone else in the offseason and maybe still have gotcha. your first-round pick or maybe package the two first-round picks and get somebody big. So I get that. Totally get that. I just don't think there was a first-round pick to be had for Wayne Simmons based on what the other wingers got. And Fletcher, I think if there was a first-round pick out there for Wayne Simmons, I think Fletcher would have done the deal. I just don't think there was. And then it was like, okay, well, if we can't get a first, let's get the best NHL, young NHL player we can get for him, and that was Ryan Hartman. You mentioned Oscar Lindblom. (laughs) Blom. Oscar. This guy's pretty good. He's not bad. I like him. He's uh, pretty pretty good. 12 goals, 13 assists. Um, same stat line as Patrick. Yeah, although points. he's played a few more games. Uh, somebody here says he's the second best play driver on the team. Going to go ahead and say that was Charlie. It me. Yay! <laughs> second best play driver by expected goals. Third best play driver by Corsi. So he's worse than Gatore in both, and Drew's better by Corsi. But yeah, Limblom's a play driver, and he's a good scorer. Five on five, he scored like a second liner. Five on five, he's been good, guys. He is really good. Very and, good, and like. God damn it, why was he not with this team last year? Dave. For the whole season. Well, that I was, was on the fourth line earlier this year. Yeah, well, that yeah. was Dave. Dave. Yeah. That was Dave. That's more than what I want to know. <laughs> He's uh, our sunshine boy. I call him my sunshine boy. <laughs> Everyone's going to hate me hosting this show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Steph Driver. Go ahead and at me. Um, I, just, I really appreciate everything about Oscar Lindblom. And however he wants us to say his name, I'll do it. I feel like he's a Couturier light. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think I've actually been calling him that for a while. Oh, okay. Which well, is a I'm very use nice, nickname it's a nice surprise to have that yeah. kid kind of come up and be this good. Yeah, I was... He's I was, just always in the right spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Voracek about him today Ooh. after practice, and <laughs> what Voracek basically said, and it makes a lot of sense, is that um, Voracek basically said that it's it's reassuring in all three zones to know as one of his line mates that, like, Limblom's going to win the puck battle. He's like, you can cheat a little bit more offensively because when it's a one-on-one battle along the boards and he's not and Voracek isn't in the battle and Limplom is, he used to be like, yeah, we're going to win that one so I can move a little bit further north because Limplom's going to win the battle and the puck's going to be going to go in our direction rather than be stuck in the defensive zone. And that that, that helps the line mates because they mm-hmm. can be a little bit more offensively oriented knowing that Oscar Limplom, you know, regardless of who he's facing, he's probably coming out with that puck. And that's big. Like those are the little types of play driving things that you talk about where that's what helps a line score over an extended amount of shifts. Weird. Confidence in your teammates. <laughs> Weird that a guy that Dave Haxtell had in the fourth line is now playing on the top line with Sean Couturier and Jake Voracek. That was insane. That was yeah. insane Weird. That he was on the fourth line. Weird. Dave Haxtell is bad at his job. <laughs> Do you think Sweden helped him or wherever the hell he went? Maybe. Or? You know, I don't I, I don't actually begrudge him for trying no, no, to no, learn no, new things. Um I think it's in they they play differently in Sweden. Um which actually I think I think it's bigger ice, but I think it's more the Dave Haxtell style than anything else. <laughs> like, like you've got these solid two-way forwards that, you know, puck possession is a big deal, but you've got to pay, play a lot more defense on the open ice. Yeah. So it's maybe just a, it's not the right place for him to have gone. It's just a slower game over there because there's more space. Everything kind of happens a little bit more methodically than it does in the uh, in the NHL. But, yeah, Limbaugh, I think the big thing that helped him playing in Sweden was the, just that he was forced to get strong yeah. at a very young age because you're playing against men, and he's, Limbaugh is a strong dude. Like, yes, like Sam, Sam Dinellon was, say, was saying – he kind of had a line of questioning with Oscar and then a line of questioning with Gordon after the game that, you know, like Limblom doesn't look that strong, you know, when you're, when he's with when he's that pads on, he just kind of looks like a normal, like a normal dude. And Gordon, Gordon dropped the, uh, dropped the thick line. Hey, he dropped it. It was, it was like, well, you know, actually he's, he's a pretty thick kid. So <laughs> we got, we got the, uh, the thick line that hockey men love so much, but Limblom is strong. Limblom, Limblom is very functionally strong. He just he doesn't seem to lose battles, and that's big for a line. It's really big for a line to have a guy like that. Yeah, with him and Katori on the ice at the same time, kind of makes it pretty good. Yeah, and like you know, just to kind of change gears, like Myers is kind of the same way. Like I asked Myers after the game yesterday, basically that have you noticed a a difference from a physical strength standpoint when it comes in the AHL versus the NHL? Because I was like, look, like you don't seem to be having any problem in puck battles up here, mm. and he. Without saying as much, basically was like, no, I'm having, I'm, I'm having no problem with these guys. I don't know if you like, noticed, like, but I'm quite a large like, boy. He didn't say that, but he kind of said it by not saying it. It's like, well, you know, I'm just gonna go out there and play my game, and yeah, it's like, yeah, no one can actually beat me in puck battles because I'm like, he's basically like the Winklevoss twins in uh, in the social network. <laughs> Except there's not want, two of him. I want five <laughs> Phil Myerses and one Travis Sanheim. That's what I want my defense to be. <laughs> I mean, we could have a ghost too, and a Provy. And a Provy. Let's clone Phil Myers five times. Kelly likes the big guys. He's so good. <laughs> tell, well, that's what it's I was been such a long time since Phil we've Myers. had a guy that is that aggressive on the puck and never gives up the line and throws his body around. It's just a joy to watch. You mean he doesn't back up into the He stands? doesn't back all the way up <laughs> to the red line. The he goal does, line, I mean. Th- that's something that always stuck out to me in the AHL games I watch of him, uh, even the junior games, and then even in practices. Like, he just always, he thinks when he's playing defense, he always thinks he can get the puck yeah. from whoever has it. It's just like, it's like a supreme confidence in his physical abilities that, like, you have the puck. Yeah, I'm going to get it from Yeah, that, that's mine. I'm taking <laughs> yeah. it. And sometimes it burns him, but a lot of times he gets the puck. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that he's up on this team. Sorry, I just saw something it's okay. about Matt Duchesne sending a private jet to retrieve his baby, his dog, and a teammate. I don't know how I missed this the other day. Are you, are you turning positive on Matt Duchesne? 
there's a dog in a plane. Charlie wants us Wait, to get you negative on Matt in, in the office. What was that? Were you negative on Matt I'm very sick of Matt There was a time when Stephanie got sick of him. I'm not sure oh, if okay. she's negative on him, the player, but there was a time I'm, when... I'm very anti his name. Let yeah. him change his oh, name. Okay. He's fine. Like, During the, the, the whole him. avalanche drama, it was gotcha. like enough already with the fucking Matt Yeah, Duchesne. Steph and Kelly were very sick. It was enough. Very sick <laughs> of, of the Duchesne talk. No, I, I, was, I was talking before the, uh, before the show that like I am... Coming around on the possibility <laughs> of trading for Matthew. I'm not trying. Not trading. Oh wow! Oh wow. my god! There's there's a dog, a baby, and and a zingle on a, on a plane. There we go. No, I, I was saying that. Uh, that I, I, I'm coming around on the idea of possibly targeting Duchesne in, in free agency, especially now that Mark Stone is gone. Um, this show gets weird without Bill. He does. <laughs> it gets it gets extra weird when Charlie is. Oh here. god, it gets so weird when Charlie's not here. <laughs> but this is what happens when you let me do anything. Um. We've got like 10 minutes left, um, and this is our post-trade deadline show. So let's just do a quick Around the Metro. I know it's not our ice sports show, or we'll go into everything that happened. Okay. Um, but just quick Around the Metro. The Blue Jackets are really going for it. Yeah, that's they are bo- going Bold for strategy, it. Con. We'll see the pace off. It's going to be hilarious if they somehow miss the postseason. Can we talk, are. though, about the Penguins' obsession with terrible defensemen? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, so good. I was pointing out, I think two years from now, the Penguins are going to have Cabranton and Jack Johnson, and the Flyers aren't going to have McDonald's. Yes. So yeah. Just keep that in mind. Well, l- let's not jinx it. I mean, there's always a possibility of McDonald's gets resigned. <laughs> well, if they resign McDonald, I'm not, I'm not going to have to worry about it because I'm not going to be watching hockey. <laughs> so it's, it's fine. I you're going to say because I'll be dead. Yeah, because yeah. I will have thrown myself. I'm gonna off walk of in the '95. R.I.P.D. Craig. No, it's funny. I think that like Jim Rutherford, who two years ago I looked at it as, hey, he's a pretty smart he GM. Good. He's starting to go full Paul Holmgren with totally. his evaluation of defensemen. <laughs> it's astounding. Like he's just decided that bad defensemen are good. Yeah, he used to just go get like cheap uh, mobile defensemen. They're like, oh, Trevor Daly, we'll play him 30 minutes a night, yeah. whatever, it'll work. And then now it's like. Get Eric Branson. Let's see if this like just bigger and slower by yeah. each defense when he acquires. It's Which, amazing. Like a professional hockey man, not Steph Driver. Like I am not a, a professional hockey man. You certainly aren't. Um went out and said the best thing I can say about Eric Branson as a hockey player is that he's very handsome. No, there you go. Probably, I, yeah. I really liked Micah's tweet after the trade. He was like, just so, so, so bad. <laughs> like, for a guy who's like completely objective about every single hockey thing, it was just like a very telling. Okay. The smart well, see, people know. The Penguins defense, too, is uh, Dumoulin and Latang are pretty good. Yeah, they're a pretty they're good, good pair. And they're getting Shane and then, killed Latang. Yeah, so. And, and Wayne killed yeah, Dumoulin. Dumoulin. Yeah. But, I mean, that Branson and Johnson are going to fuck up their second and third oh, yeah, or or if they're For together sure. hilarious oh it'll be the it'll best be great. A very yeah. good time be the best no uh i think i think the worst thing that happened you know in the moment it was great for pittsburgh because they basically got a cup out of it but the worst thing that happened to rutherford's evaluation of defenseman was being right on justin schultz because like justin mm. schultz was kind of a joke in edmonton and then yeah. he gets him and he turns him into a pretty good defenseman with with pittsburgh and i think that kind of gave rutherford this delusion that like all the defensemen that are bad elsewhere will magically become good in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And it was like, no, Justin Schultz actually had good tools. Eric Branson is just big. And Jack Johnson at one time had good tools, but even when he had those good tools, he was still bad. Now he doesn't have those good tools, and he's even worse. And you sign him to five years. Jack Johnson is a wizard. I think, it was, I, I think it was Namita who tweeted out that, like, this was the best possible outcome because Jack Johnson seems like a good person. Now he doesn't have financial issues, and Pittsburgh is the team that is subsidizing yeah. his recovery. Oh, wow. His financial that recovery. The, that is true. And they are bad as a result. <laughs> uh, the Rangers sold a bunch of players. I thought they yeah, did they a good sold, job they sold of selling. Suk. They've been selling. They sold Hayes. They, they sold Hayes, um, yeah. McQuaid. Yeah. They get, I mean, they got. They did. A they good were job. trying to sell. They they sold pretty well. To yeah. get to get a first round pick for Hayes was was good. Yeah, very good. They did to a, get three things for Adam McQuaid is pretty good too. <laughs> three anything. <laughs> three tangible things <laughs> that they can say they got. Yeah. Three items yeah. of any of any <laughs> sort. Two draft um, picks and a napkin or something. <laughs> but they made Henrik Lundqvist cry. Which, oh man, that was rough yeah, to watch. Zeus that was strong. Jesus Christ. That was very hard to watch. I don't need that shit. But also. <laughs> but also, guy, 
you wanted to stay there. Yeah, that's right? very true. <laughs> like you were you the one. You knew what was happening. Yeah. You were the one that was like, nah, I want to stay in New York. I'm not waving this. Real quick, talking about leaving New York, did we all see the touching video of the Islanders fans who need to Let us please talk about Pajama Boy. I haven't watched it. You need to. Okay. It is great because, first of all, I didn't know there were Islanders fans. That's first of all. And then secondly, they all got like... I was Super. worried that it was just going to infuriate me. No, it's okay. funny. It's just funny. All it's right. funny. It's good. They're going to they're going to boo Tavares because he said all of the things about really loving Long Island, and then he went and slapped them all in the face. Which, I, like, mean, I mean, I mean, they they should boo it. him, but like, yeah, let's whatever. keep it to like you know reasonable, a reasonable level of boo. yeah. Like, let's not the like video. harass well, his you family. Also, stuff. No, yeah. no, they're not going to harass his family or anything. They're just going to boo him. Yeah, which is fine. Um, I need to. Like, re- remind everyone who we're dealing with here. So these are people from Long Island. Mm. They already know more. They already have l- little brother syndrome. Yeah. Fair. Um, compared to the Rangers. Right. Compared to Manhattan. They lost their team to Brooklyn, essentially. Kind uh, of. Sort of. It's a very time. weird situation. I know they're getting them back, but. It's a, it's just weird. It is I weird. mean, Brooklyn's on Long Island. People forget this. I know, but it's all the way on the other. People forget this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's. It's the Islanders that we're dealing with. They haven't had a good team since the 80s, the 80s yeah. like in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden they had John Tavares, who's like a top five hockey player currently. Top 10. Top 10. Top to 10. be fair, they did nothing with him. They did nothing with him, but he also did nothing with them. He never really I had mean... a team around And him. then he left and they're number one in the division. They are going to let this go straight to their head and go completely insane, uh, which is exactly what they've done. Yeah. Oh, fucking Lou. Fucking get, get John Tavares and Barry Trotz and then see how the Islanders would have done. Yeah, right? That's a really good point. Also, yeah. I want to see, I'm mean, very excited to see the Matt Barzell video, the same one in like two or three yeah, years. Yeah, right? So I just want to keep this Maybe going. Maybe if yeah. they had given John Tavares a secondary goal scorer like Val Philpola, they would have done something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Philpola. This young kid, Val Philpola, I've heard a lot of good things yeah. about him on the Islanders. He really so. knows how to score a goal. So what, <laughs> what other uh, what other teams we got in the Metro? The Devils traded... Uh, they the, traded. I think they did oh, an Kincaid? job selling. They traded Kincaid. Yeah. For a 2022 fifth-round pick. That trade just... That's a real I thing. I giggled a lot. Yeah. I was like, you... What even is a 2022 <laughs> fifth round pick? I like, want to see some GM just go like, fuck it, 2027 yeah. <laughs> six. Give me your whole draft selection for like 2036. You got time. You'll figure it out. They, uh, You'll figure it out. They, they, traded, uh, they traded Marcus Johansson. Ben Lovejoy. And, and my, my Lovejoy, theory, yeah. and this is just a theory, because I, I, know that, I know Boston was very much in on Simmons. I think this the, the trade that they executed for Marcus Johansson, this was probably door number two for Simmons. They, so they got uh, – the Devils got back a second-round pick and, a, I believe, a conditional fourth, and that strikes me as probably what they were offering for Simmons. And and what probably happened was Fletcher said, I'd rather have Hartman than a second-round pick. And because both those trades, the, the Johansson trade and the Simmons trade, kind of went through it around the same time, mm. like right at the deadline. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was right at the and, and And my guess is that that was – those two trades happened – almost simultaneously for a reason because yeah. they, because Boston was like we're getting either Simmons or Johansson and they this was the offer that was on the table for both and Fletcher was like I'll take Hartman and then the Bruins were like okay we'll get Johansson that's yeah, my guess sense. they trade anybody else I don't think uh well we said uh ben Lovejoy Lo- right yeah Lovejoy yeah I had mean, a pretty bad turnover I night. think that might have been it didn't hold on. I was just listening to Fly Perbly on the way over here. Never didn't heard you of say that? That's that, a bad idea. Didn't you say they got a better return from Ben from Lovejoy than the Flyers did for Simmons? There was a lot of talk about that. Yeah, I mean that's what it looked like. I mean, oh, but we love care. Ryan Hartman now. Yeah, it took one game for me to reverse. Yeah, okay, and also, I do it. like the idea of the the notion of actually getting a player back in return than a first that we kind of just kind of kick down the road every once in a while. We actually yeah. know what Hartman is. And if he can be better at 5-on-5 five five than Wayne Simmons and be in the top nine and be a third line, be on the third line with JVR, another center, and I mean a, a center and Hartman, I yeah, think yeah. I'm fine with that rather than, I don't know. We already have enough prospects, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, time to start. you can never have too many. You can never right, have too many because you need to keep replenishing yeah. as they you trade them away or as they start yeah. joining. I think a lot of the key with prospects now for the Flyers is going to be there. They need to they know, they, they need I to can't. work make sure the timelines match up. Like that's one of the reasons why I really like the idea of them drafting uh, Ke Andre Miller 
uh, with that second first round pick that they mm-hmm. had last year because my thought process was like this guy's kind of a project but they have time to develop, to develop a project yeah. because the, the the defensemen they have in the NHL are young and good you can give him three years in college to figure out how to play the defensive position because he's got ridiculous upside. So, like, the guys that I kind of want them to be taking in the next couple years, I want them to go for, like, the higher upside guys who are going to take a little bit longer because, quite frankly, there's not going to be room right away for anybody who isn't a stud. Mm -hmm. So, like, go for the upside guys who might take a little bit of time or maybe they're going to stay in Russia for some years. Like, those are the guys that make sense to fill the pipeline out with now because you've got the... You've got enough of like the sure thing middle sixer types. Now yeah. you need to, you know, that if we're gonna draft guys, let's try to swing for the fences a bit more. Yeah. yeah. I think going with the Lovejoy thing though, I he that trade is the reason why I think they they should have at least seen what they could have gotten for Gudis. That, they the, absolutely the Flyers. That's something that I'm glad because I think Gudis is better than Lovejoy. They yeah. absolutely yeah. should have looked into what they yeah. could have gotten from Gudis. Maybe they did. It's a lost season. I, apparently, teams were calling him and Fletcher's like, nah. That's what I think Sarah Valley or somebody tweeted out. And we now have a surplus of defensemen. I want Gudis. He's good. I know you do. I'm fine. No, I like (laughs) Gudis too, but I think he's... I like Wayne Simmons. The way he's been hyped up this season, it feels like he is playing above what his market value would be, and I would want them to go. Like I, I, I guess I don't know what his market value is. I mean, best defenseman on the team, most consistent all season is what he's been labeled as, yeah. If you and can, last if, year he was shit. If you can get a first-round pick for for Radko Gudis, I do it. I just, don't, I just don't think you can. Uh, I mean, I, I think maybe I'm undervaluing Ben Lovejoy then, or guys of... I think you, I, I think you could easily yeah, get the Ben Lovejoy package for Radko Gudis. I just would not, I would not trade Radko Gudis for the Ben Lovejoy package. I think Radko Gudis is a good defenseman. Yeah, well, okay. And right. I want good defensemen on the team next year. If you trade Rakugudis, I worry that then it's like, well, now we have to keep Andrew McDonald. No. No. Well, uh, I was thinking more of the right-hand shot thing. Yeah. Yeah, but McDonald plays the right side a fair amount. Yeah. Let's so not defend Andrew though. McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> um, does handedness count when you're starfishing on the ice? I don't think it does. Not so Ambidextrous starfishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Canes had a pretty quiet deadline. Yeah, they didn't do much. They basically just stood pat, right? Which is mm-hmm. good. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. They, there was talk they might trade Michael Furlan, but they decided to keep oh, him yeah, as like an right. own rental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else is in the division? Did the ca- the Caps the Caps traded for oh, Nick right. Jensen, which I liked. That was a good Jensen's trade. A good Did trade. they do anything they got, else? They got Hagelin earlier in the week. Okay, yeah. earlier in the week, right, right. Which I mean, he was fine in Pittsburgh. I don't know how he did in LA. I don't know why teams keep liking Carl Hagelin. I like Carl Hagelin. I don't I mean, know if that's I the only reason. I don't know why. if I trade for him, but I like. like him. I feel like he made sense for those Penguins teams that they they had no defenses and they had a bunch of quick guys on the team. Like I thought that. The, yeah. Well, because the HP uh, K line or did pretty well that that one season. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah you're right. I don't know. Are, don't are people so. talking about the Caps again this year? I mean, they're they, I they, thought... they did win the Cup last year. So. <laughs> well, I know, but are they? I are... think the Jensen trade is kind of like the. It feels like an, another company trade. It does. Where not a lot of people are talking about Jensen. It's a good, smart pickup. They didn't pay a ton. Like Bowie isn't great. I don't know. I think it was a smart trade for them. All right. It helps. I, I don't think it helps enough for me to consider them a real cup contender, but like right. I didn't consider them a real cup contender last year, and they won the damn thing, so who the hell yeah, knows? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, the numbers look the same for them. Yeah. And then in yeah. the, the playoffs last season, they're they just turned like, it you on. guys want to play defense? And then they just yeah. became like the best. Yeah, they turned it on, so they could. I mean, yeah. you have a lot of guys in this team that are really good, and maybe the playoffs roll around, and they, you know, not that like guys like Ovechkin aren't playing very good hockey, but mm-hmm. maybe they play better hockey. All right. As we close out, let us all give one one good thought about Wayne Simmons. Oh, dang. All right. Should I start? Yes. Yes. Um, Wayne Simmons, I, I've never, I have never in my lifetime seen a hockey player that will sacrifice his body the way that Wayne Simmons did for the Flyers. Thank you. Nobody else. Craig. I just think of Wayne Simmons punching Eric Brewer in the face. I don't know. I just think of him beating the shit out of a lot of people. And he was one of my favorite players. Uh, I, don't know, I just hope he wins it in Nashville. That would be the main thing. Yep. I just want to see him win a, a cup. I always got a, a solid chuckle out of him out of his hockey gear because he was just such a skinny dude. Oh, my God. And he's yet so skinny. no one yeah. could move Legs. him yeah. when he was on the ice. Yep. Uh, one thing I, I really loved about Wayne Simmons is it's it's pretty clear that the NHL has changed. You know, it's it's not a it's not a fighting league anymore. The era of the Broad Street Bullies is done. It's more speed oriented. It's less physical. And what I loved about Wayne Simmons is Wayne Simmons was he was he was still 
a, a stereotypical, prototypical Flyers player in an era where those players are kind of going extinct. Yeah. They're, at the very least, they're extremely rare. And the fact the Flyers were able to kind of stumble upon Wayne Simmons, who so embodied so many of the characteristics that this franchise is supposedly supposedly like inherent to the franchise. The fact that they were able to find him and keep him for mm-hmm. eight years and have him become a core member of the team and be really good for most of them. I think it was just it was just one of those things where like how we all talked about with Chris Pronger, you know, Chris Pronger was born to be a flyer and unfortunately we only got a couple years of him. We got eight years of Wayne Simmons, and that makes me really happy. Excellent. Well, that is all the time that we have on this edition of Broad Street Hockey Radio without Bill Matz, our director of fun and games. Uh, he will be back next week, so you won't have to deal with me calling players handsome or whatever it is that gets your <laughs> panties in a bunch. <laughs> this is Steph Driver. Everybody have a good week. Are you ready to talk about sports?